Candace and I just uh, returned a couple of days ago from our cruise, went on a cruise for our uh, four-year wedding anniversary. Four years. It's exciting. I, um, I feel like uh, every year has, has gotten better and better with my lovely wife, and um, we'll just keep being more blessed and blessed. But while we were over there, we, were in, we ended up in the Bahamas, and it was the first time I ever, I've ever been there. And just seeing more of God's beautiful creation, more of his wisdom being put into place. I mean, it's just incredible, the crystal clear waters um, that, that we were um, able to, to see and enjoy and everything else. It's just beautiful and uh, just loved it. So um, it's good to be back. I'm, I'm starting to feel a little better now. <laughs> Last week I could barely even talk, but uh, hopefully this week I can talk. And... Um, I'm going to start off this message on a more morbid note, okay? Are you ready? <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've noticed in the, in the news lately, but uh, everyone seems to be dying. Uh, you notice that? Um, everybody has seen, seems to be dying. A, a lot of celebrities as well. Um, memorials have been set up. Multi-million dollar funerals are conducted and memories are shared. But what I want to know this morning is what legacy have these people left behind? As I name six of these individuals, as pause after each one of them, I want you to think about what each one, each one of them have left behind. Just recently, I think it was yesterday or the day before, Walter Cronkite, Steve McNair, Michael Jackson, I didn't know if you heard about him, Ed McMahon, Farrah Fawcett, Billy Mays. Now that list, I kind of miss uh, one of them. There. Is that Billy Mays? I don't know if you remember Billy. Do you remember Billy? If you don't, here can you show just a little bit of a clip from him? It's wonderful. I miss this guy. This is in the past couple months. It's that guy. You remember him? Yeah. Oh. That's good. Yeah, I was just, I was just going to say, I mean, I'm missing that guy. Um, um, you know, enthusiastic, confident, bold, every product that, that he promoted, whether it was a baking soda, a dent remover, a necktie with a hidden pocket, or tile and shower cleaner called Kaboom, you knew that he was confident in his product, in that product that he was promoting. Um, in a weird kind of way, I know this sounds kind of weird, but in a weird kind of way, he kind of helped me in my preaching. I was sitting there watching him one day with my wife, and all of a sudden one of his commercials comes on, and I'm like, man, that guy is so bold and confident and enthusiastic about, his, about the product that he's promoting, and it's like an air freshener, you know? I'm like, if he can do that, surely in my preaching, as we have the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ and salvation, that I could promote that in the same way with enthusiasm and boldness and everything else. So I'm going to miss a little bit of Billy Mays there. But the reason I say that is this. You know, funerals have a way of grabbing your attention. If you think about it, what will we pass on to our children, our family, our church, our community, or even our generation. 
Um, recently, while I was in, uh, in England, I, I had a, uh, somebody that was hosting me for the week. His name was Ben. He was around my age. And we became great friends by the end of the week. But toward the end of the week, we were a little more comfortable around each other and things like that. You know, it's kind of weird in the very beginning. I'd never be- met anybody from the U.K. He had never met anybody from the United States. And so it was like really odd at first. And by the end of the trip, we, we were kind of poking fun at each other and say, well, what have you learned from me? What have I learned from you as far as vocabulary-wise, you know? And, he said, and, I, and, and I said, well, the, the words that I picked up from you were at, at the end of every sentence, you say, yeah, 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 you know? And so he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he was laughing about that. And I, also, and I also said, well, I also hear you say a lot of times that's complete rubbish, um, which I always loved when he said that it was funny. And then he'd always say, fabulous, 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 you know? And I go, now, what have you learned from me? You know, what vocabulary? And he goes, three words. Dude. <laughs> cool. And awesome. I'm like, I'm about to graduate with a master's degree in two weeks. And this guy from the UK is only going to remember what the American said was cool, dude, and awesome. <laughs> That's not the type of impression I want to leave with the United Kingdom with somebody from England. But it makes you think, what will we pass on to our next generation? And so um, let me start with this quote here. I love this quote. I found it this week. Evelyn Underhill, she said this, We mostly spend our lives conjugating three verbs, to want, to have, and to do, forgetting that none of these verbs have any ultimate significance except so far as they are transformed by and included in the fundamental verb to be. As we wrap up this series in the book of Proverbs, I want you to think about who you are. And I want to think about what you're going to do with the wisdom that God has given you. We've talked about over the past several weeks of how to gain God's wisdom and how to put it to to practice. Now we want to talk about how to dispense that wisdom. What are you passing on? Because if you're not passing on God's wisdom, what are you passing on to the next generation or your family or friends? Is it sports knowledge? Is it shopping knowledge? Or is it self-help knowledge? Or is it God's wisdom? And the good news is that God gives us a beautiful description of, uh, of what any home, any church, or any organization can look like if God's wisdom is applied. So as we continue in the book of Proverbs, I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 24. We're just going to look at verses 3 and 4 today. Proverbs chapter 24. I love this picture. Listen to this. By wisdom, a house is built, and through understanding, it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Six words quickly jump out of the page here, and that is wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, which result in the house being what? Built, established, and filled, built, established, and fulfilled. To understand this passage a little better, we need to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, because in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we see Paul here is talking to the church at Corinth, and he compares them, as you see in verse 9 of chapter 3, he compares them to a building. He says, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. 
By the grace God has given me, I laid, a, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. Listen to this. But each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he, built, he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. He says, be careful how you build. So as we go back to those three key words in, in Proverbs chapter four, 24, built, established, and filled, my question to you is, first of all, whose life are you helping to build right now? Is there anyone in your life specifically that you're helping to build their life? Whether it's your children, whether it's a friend, a coworker, Maybe it's just the, the lady at, at the grocery store, whoever it may be. Whose life are you helping to build right now? And is the foundation of this work Jesus Christ and his word? Matthew chapter 7 notes it this way. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And Proverbs 14.1 says, The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands the foolish one tears hers down. So whose life are you building upon today? Who are you discipling? Who are you dispensing this wisdom upon and then we see the next word is established. Through understanding, it is established. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And as you're sharpening one another, can you get to the point where it says in Psalm 1, 1 through 3, that his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on this law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree, get this, planted by streams of water which yields his fruit in season, and his leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. A tree planted, established, not moving. Being able to be rooted in God and being built up in him. And then the last word is filled. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. On May 12, uh, 2009, a rare, flawless blue diamond weighing, get this, 7.03 carats sold for a record $9.49 million at an auction. It was discovered in South Africa, and the diamond was one of a kind. And the Bible talks about here, as knowledge, this room's being filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Imagine just like that blue diamond, that as you're investing into someone's life, as you're starting to see these rooms fill up in their life as rare and beautiful treasures, the way that they conduct themselves, the way that they speak, other than saying, dude, cool, and awesome, right? Uh, just the, the, the rare and beautiful treasures, doing what's right at the right time, uh, living a godly life. Those rare and beautiful treasures. 
And are you pleading in prayer for others to know God's wisdom? Uh, are you praying for people that, that they, would, they would learn more of God's wisdom and, and put it into practice? Because Paul did this in, in Colossians chapter 1. I love what he says here. He says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to God or to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Are you praying for people for that, that type of prayer? God, would you fill them with knowledge? Whose life are you investing in right now? Because we have many things in our lives, don't we? We have families, jobs, responsibilities, and the list goes on and on. But nothing will have lasting impact until it is infused with God's wisdom. Nothing will have in, in lasting impact until it is infused with God's wisdom. And you could be the greatest evangelism in the world, but if it's not infused with God's wisdom, it's not going to have any lasting impact. You could be the greatest six, uh, businessman in the world, successful businessman or businesswoman, but yet if it's not infused with God's wisdom, you're not going to have a, it's not going to be a lasting impact for, um, for years to come. How do I know this is true? Because what Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. There's so much weight to God's words. There's so much um, um, life to God's words that it's going to continue forever and ever. Um, this, this whole picture of, of this house in, in Proverbs 24 reminds me of eighth grade shop class. And we had a, I remember this assignment we had to do and you know how skilled I am in, in those type of areas. But, but uh, we were required to, it was like the big project of the year, we had to build a miniature house out of popsicle sticks and like little pieces of wood. I'm like, oh, great. So um, using the wisdom I had at that time, I partnered up with somebody that knew what they were doing. So uh, along this journey, when we didn't know what we were doing, what the, 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 the shop teacher... Thank goodness for him because he knew what he was doing. He helped us to, to, to learn how to make a blueprint, which now I forget how to do, but they helped us to make a, a blueprint to, to know how to, to, to make all the dimensions that correctly and then to put everything together um, by doing the woodworking and, and, the, and the gluing together and things like that. And, uh, and all throughout that, you know, I was thinking, what would have happened if our shop teacher just would have been like, build a house, out of popsicle sticks, go, do it. I mean, that would be, I mean, that'd be crazy. I mean, we wouldn't know where to begin. We wouldn't know what to do. And thank goodness God doesn't leave us in this life to do it by ourselves, without the wisdom from him, without his word, because his word is instructing us and giving us um, um, the, the hope that we need and, the, and the, the wisdom that we need to be able to live this life, to glorify him, and to be able to affect this generation and generations to come um, for Jesus Christ. Um, the question becomes, how will you use God's wisdom to help shape someone else's life? You may be saying, well, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Well, that's okay. If you're a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad, 
Uh, think about starting a devotion every morning with your children before the cartoons come on or whatever else. Maybe you sit down with them and you share God's Word with them. Uh, maybe you're a factory worker and you want to start a prayer meeting. Maybe you're a teacher or you're a coach and the way that you conduct yourself every day influences the, the, the uh, students so much or the players so much that they want to go up and ask you some questions a little bit more about why you acted the way you did because it was in uh, because it was a Christ-like way. Maybe you're in the retail business or you're an owner of some sort. Maybe you're a mechanic and you want to be honest in dealing with customers. That's why I love Honest Engines over here. They guys do a great job. I love the name. And they are honest in everything they do. I love it. You know, what is it that you can that you can do? How can you infuse God's wisdom to where you're at right now in your life as a parent and in your job? at the school, wherever it may be. How can you pass that wisdom along? Um, there was a, a wonderful story I, I heard this past uh, week that had um, to do with, there was an interview in Jim Daly, and, and I don't know if you know who Jim Daly is, but he is now the president of, of, um, of Focus on the Family. And Focus on the Family, of course, is an organization that focuses on the family. Uh, it's a Christ-like organization. It's a wonderful organization. And, and uh, many resources have come out there that have helped um, uh, millions of people. But Jim Daly has been the president for a couple of years now, I believe. And, and they did an interview with him and talking about his life growing up. And he had, let me tell you, a rough life. He, he, he quotes it by saying this. He goes, I think I've lived in just about every family type you could live in. Tr- traditional family with a mom and dad, single-parent mom, stepfather, foster care, single parent dad, my brother, sibling, and at the very last year of high school, I lived on my own. Throughout this, when, as he recalls, at the age of five, his, his, his uh, drunken father coming home and with a hammer in his hand saying that he was going to kill his mother. And, um, and finally, they, they ended up separating and divorcing, and, and next came in uh, his stepfather, who didn't like the kids at all. And within that first year, his, mom, his mother had, um, had uh, developed cancer, at, and she had died later that year. At the age of eight, he had to see his mother die. So, and so he'd seen this, this broken home, this, this, this messed up family. And, and the, the interviewer asked this question. He said, you know, what kind of opinion or idea were you starting to form at this point of your life about adults and, adult, and adulthood? And he said, you know, I remember the one positive thing that happened before my mother died. That I heard the day before she died that she became a Christian. He said that rattled in my mind for the longest time. So he went in search of this, of what this all meant. And he ended up coming into the Fellowship of Christian Athletes football camp, um, heard a speaker speak and gave his life to the Lord. And said, throughout this, other Christians came into my life and taught me and encouraged me. They loved me most of all and helped me realize that God had a plan for my life. Because he talked about early on that even, even after the broken home and, and his family being dispersed, he had to go to a foster family where, where they lived in a little shack and it was like, uh, and they, the foster family was just basically abusing um, the system as well and it was just a disgusting place to be in. They said that throughout all of this, and, and through all the, the Christians coming into his life and encouraging him and teaching him, he started talking to God and he said, I felt like he was saying to me, hold on, 
don't lose hope. Something's going to be there. And he had no idea what the plan that God had for his life. Think about it. After going through all of that in his life, he had now become the president of Focus on the Family. Focus on the Family from someone that had a, a messed up family growing up. It's amazing how God works. But it's because of the people who were willing to invest in his life along the journey that made it possible to help him grow in his faith in Jesus Christ. And you can leave a legacy of wisdom as well. And by this, no matter who you are or what you do for a living, as long as God is working in you and through you, you can make an impact for Christ for the next generation. Think about that today. Who will I invest in today? Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Father God, for this um, wonderful day that you've given us, Lord. Um, May we be Christ followers, Lord, that uh, not only just keep the wisdom of God to ourselves, but that we would dispense that among our family, our friends, our co-workers, those who desperately need you, Lord. Help us to be in discipleship mode at all times. You said, go and make disciples, Lord. That doesn't require us, you know, sitting. It requires us to go, to really do this, to really um, share what you have shared in our life, Lord what you have impacted in our life. Help us make an impact. And help us to make an impact on this next generation, Lord. Because we know that um, as our kids, I think about you know, my, my little girl growing up and my soon-to-be boy growing up, all those times, Lord, of just, um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be extremely tough in the society that we live in, in the world we live in. And I pray, Father God, that we may do our part as a church, as parents, as friends, to help them share this wisdom with the next generation so that they may be wise in, in making the, the right decisions that lead, to, that lead to a godly life, that lead to a life that is only life, and that is in, in Jesus Christ. So thank you, Father God. May we take from this series, Lord, um, the willingness to to, to learn from you always, to be teachable, to have a teachable spirit, and then to be able to teach that to others. We praise you, Jesus. It is all about you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.